0: Welcome to all of you out there. This is the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is March the 10th, 2022. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. Sir, I have to give you a very large and public thank you for taking this show and putting it squarely on your broad shoulders and carrying it for the past two weeks while I've been gallivanting around the world.
1: I appreciate you. It wasn't easy, man, but we got it done. We were lucky to have you join us to uh, update us on Ukraine a little bit. That was uh, much needed. I needed your brain for that one.
0: Yeah, I'm glad we could get it in, at least for the 40 minutes that my... Mexican Wi Fi decided it wanted to work.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah. And I apologize for my voice today, everyone. I have some kind of head cold. Every year when it's like this changing of seasons, it fucks with me. Like last year, last weekend it was 70 uh on Saturday. And today, and I think this this weekend it's supposed to be eight degrees in Chicago. Mm. So mm. my voice sounds extra sexy today. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> How was the Mexican wedding though?
0: Dude, it was it was it was fun. So uh the day after when did we record? Was it Tuesday? Mm-hmm, Monday? I think so. Monday, yeah. Anyways, Wednesday was our last full day in Mexico City. And so, you know, we did our thing, went out to dinner, and then that night I was racked with a <laughs> stomach bug. Oh, no. Yeah, brother. It water. was bad. No, everyone's like, did you drink the water? It wasn't that at all. I don't uh, think, at least. Um, we didn't touch tap water, but everything was bottled. But I, don't know, I thought it could have been the fish. That I ate at dinner. Oh, uh, Jacqueline thought it might have been the the fruit that we ate in the morning because some of the mango tasted a little salty.
1: It was weird. It didn't taste great. And probably the fish and uh, fruit would probably be washed in like water from there. Mm, yeah, whatever likely. it was, man, it was not huh. pretty. It was really bad. Man, did that mess the writing up for you at all then?
0: Um, a little bit, a little bit. So we got yeah. So that was Wednesday night. I did not sleep a, a wink Wednesday, Wednesday night into Thursday, and then. We had to travel Thursday and I'm just like, like, kudos to my lady, man. She like picked me up on her back and carried me through this (laughs) airport, dude. It was rough. It was really bad. Yeah. I was just weak. I was just exhausted. I couldn't hold anything in. I had nothing inside of me. It was just all bad.
1: Um, Take some good uh, airplane
0: diarrhea shits. No, no. Like that's the thing. Like once the night was over, all that was over. But like, I I just, I didn't, I I had nothing. I had nothing was useless. It was almost <laughs> on the verge of tears. It's like how crazy it was. And, and the worst part about it was because I had no liquids in my body and I couldn't hold any in, I was severely dehydrated and I was cramping. Mm. So every time I would stand up, my quads would just seize. Oh my God. And like, like my triceps for some reason, every time I would extend my, my arm, my, it would just like seize up like that. And it was, just, dude, it was bad.
1: Are you like one of those people that when they're sick, like they're kind of down and out and, and need to be taken care of, or are you self-sufficient? Um, both. Yeah.
0: Like, I, like usually, usually I'm on my own. So it's nice. It was nice that I had, that I had a uh, Jacqueline cause you know, she was, she was willing and able to take care of me. <laughs> um, and I wasn't like milking it or
1: nothing. I was just, you know, like fuck. Yeah, I'm proud to say I'm a big old pussy when I'm sick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure
1: I could I could kind of feel myself
0: like like kind of giving in like do you want me to carry your bag? Yeah. Yeah, please.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but got to the resort, I wasn't able to eat very much for the for the next couple of days and then during the wedding like everybody was just down and shots of tequila and i had a couple but any more than that dude and it was gonna be it was gonna be an early night for your boy so i was oh, actually yeah. relatively sober the entire time
1: um which is fine that was just a friend of yours like from high school or something or uh, from uh nba program shots oh, okay. out okay nice point loma
0: hell yeah cindy and ian congratulations did a beautiful couple um i tell you what bro
1: all-inclusive resorts are highly overrated really don't kill it for me i'm going in two months are you really where are you going uh, we're doing our makeup honeymoon that has been canceled twice, uh, mm. to Costa Rica.
0: All right. Well, hey, man, it might be good. It might be fine. Um, <laughs> You're not selling it really well. Today. Well, you know, the place we went to was catered a whole lot to like uh, Canadians, believe it or not. Eh? Yeah, We saw a lot of Canadian flags around town and we even asked our taxi driver on the way to the airport when we were leaving, like, you know, who do you see more, Americans or Canadians? And he goes, Canadians, for sure. Weird. A lot of trucks there? Yeah. <laughs> no trucks uh but it was a lot of it was just
1: like a lot of retirees weird that's so random
0: yeah so it was like uh either families or old people um and they just like you know you wake up you have a couple options for breakfast you file into this food hall and it's like a you know you you use like a buffet style thing and the breakfasts were actually pretty solid and then after breakfast you're like what do you want to do um i don't know we're at a resort on a beach let's so just like go to the beach so you go to the beach and then people just pump you full of alcohol and then in like two or three hours you go back to the food hall and you eat and you go back to the beach pump you full of alcohol and then you go to dinner and then they pump you full of alcohol and then you go to bed and you should
1: do that every day <laughs> i I'll say that sounds really fun for like the first day but that, that formula yeah. probably gets old and then they move you around like cattle you know it's just gonna i don't know like
0: They cater cater to a certain demographic and I'm not complaining. I had a blast. We made the most of it. Anytime you have like unlimited alcohol, you're going to make the most of it. But it it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I had in my mind. I think I was most disappointed in like, in like the food, the food was trash.
1: So like, like if you got steak for dinner, it wasn't a good, good cut of meat or.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were like, they had like four or five different like restaurants and they were all like themed one was like Moroccan one was like Mediterranean um shocker the the best one was Mexican mm, yeah and then there was a steakhouse and then the the normal dinner was like a buffet style dinner at this one place and every night was like a different thing but yeah I mean the food was just it was like very very like whitewashed you know yeah right a lot of fries a lot of a lot of chicken a lot of you <laughs> know just just your normal stuff and it all oh, like it the The American stuff, or I guess Canadian, whatever that they tried to that they tried to make, it wasn't the greatest. The, the Mexican food actually was pretty solid.
1: So, like, do you guys not leave the resort at all? Because when we go to Costa Rica, that's one of the things that's been really sick. We get to go to like the there's like a cloud rainforest that's supposed to be real dope, oh, nice. and like, some other shit where they like take you out into Costa Rica a little bit and you leave the resort.
0: Yeah, one of the coolest parts was Friday, the day after we had gotten there. A large portion of the wedding party went on this catamaran out mm-hmm. into like these little coves. Oh, nice. And um, the first spot that we stopped at, we got to like snorkel. And I'd never snorkeled oh. before. And that was a lot of fun.
1: So is that just like really shallow water? Or do mm-hmm. you have a really long thing?
0: Yeah, you no, know, yeah. It's just, you, yeah, it's just shallow water. Okay. Um, But there's like reefs. There's coral reefs. Nice. And so we would just like snorkel around the, the coral reefs, ton of cool little fish. Even at the oh. even at like the hotel, like the little beaches at the hotel. Oh, yeah. There was like reefs in front of them. And so like, you'd just be like waiting in the shallow water and then fish just come swimming
1: right by. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. So we did the little catamaran thing and then there, there was things we could have done. There was like waterfall tours. Uh, you could have gone sport fishing. You could have gone jet skiing. You could have taken canoes out, sailboats. There, I mean, the world was your oyster. We didn't go into the town and explore the town at all, uh, but we definitely could have. I think by the time we were there and after the wedding, we were there for like a day and a half after the wedding and we just wanted to like like super lazy losers
1: and just chill on the
0: beach and not do anything,
1: which was quite nice actually. So I was going to say after almost three weeks of vacation, are you excited to just be home and back in your abode?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: Um, and I'm leaving for Vegas tonight. (laughs) I forgot about that. That was the last second thing they added. That's right. It's for work. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Actually, most of this travel has been for work. Only Mm. the last 10 days have been... Yeah, you got, man, you gotta see a lot, though. Go see the Grand Canyon, Mexico, like, two different spots. Dude, we've done a lot. I've been... We've just been looking at daycares. That's really fun. Mm, it does sound like a blast. Dude, these places, for the good ones, there's plenty of shitty ones around. The good ones are more than our fucking mortgage, man. It's wild. Yes. It's wild, dude. It's... Hey, me, I'll watch your kid. Man, I, we even looked into, like, individual nannies, and that's just as expensive, man, but I you know, I always hear people talk about childcare is expensive, but I didn't know it was like that, bro. Yeah. It's like looking like 20, 20 racks a year to just, uh, watch the kid four or five days a week. It's crazy. God damn. Yeah. So think about that before you have kids, everybody, it's mm. a beautiful, magical thing, but it is not cheap unless you have grandparents that can supplement that childcare. Yeah, for sure.
0: I had the luxury of living next to an international border. Oh yeah. So, um, <laughs> If and when that time comes, there'll be some nice, reasonable labor. I'm not going to say cheap.
1: (laughs) Reasonable labor. Also, who else would you want to raise your child than a very loving Mexican lady? That's very true. They'd get used to like a tamale and tortilla and like food level that, well, you could probably still provide. I'm going to say, what's the problem there? (laughs) I'm just saying, could you make handmade tortillas like an abuela could? No, that's why I hired (laughs) (laughs) them. Keep on staff permanently going forward. Oh, yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a uh, bitch. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not five man. Here.
1: We're figuring it out. We're weighing our options. I mean, it's it's not terrible having them here. It's hard to work, but it's it's doable. It's in my opinion doable to save all that money. Doable, but we'll see. What's gas looking like in Illinois right now? Fuck me, man! I think it was up to four thirty-five yesterday. Oh, it's in at four thirty-one. And this is the Midwest, way. bro. It's the Midwest. I
0: haven't purchased gas in probably a month. Plus mm. I've been blissfully ignorant in Mexico. So I'm like, I've heard of these things. I'm like, eh, whatever, this doesn't matter to me right now. And then I got home. I live literally next door to a gas station. And this is like one of the cheaper gas stations where you can't use credit card. You have to use like debit or cash. Oh, and great. it, it is 575. Really? Wow. Yeah. For unleaded. And then it was like 601 for premium. And that was yesterday. And
1: it's more than likely just going to go up. I was looking into this, man, because I, when I looked at it, I think we, we, we get somewhere between eight and 13% of our oil actually from Russia. Okay. But the reason that it skyrocketed so high is because like the, you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just from what I read, but like the world oil supply, whatever is like one, it looked at as one. So like the price of oil isn't just based on like America's oil. It's based on like the world's Price of oil, and that's why it's so high because other countries that are more relying on it are like really fucked right now,
0: yeah, I mean th- there's two ways to look at it. There's that way where it you you have a, the the price for a barrel of oil mm-hmm. and then you can say, all right, based off of that, what does our domestic supply look like? because if we can supplement the supply that we're outsourcing with domestic supply or more local supply, then we can mitigate some of those costs, so yeah. It it you know, you hear the world the words cartel, OPEC is a word that's thrown around a lot. These are the people who more or less dictate the price of oil. And yeah, the reason that it's so high right now is because it's especially in America, is because when this administration had come into office, first of all, back a little bit. When you we don't legislate through Congress anymore. Not really. We do, but we don't. We legislate through executive order. So when a president comes in. They just say, "Oh, okay. If the last guy is not on the same page as what we're doing, we're going to erase all the uh, executive orders that they did, and we're going to put in our new ones." And so, the main focus of the Biden administration it was green energy, which is fine, right? Mm -hmm. That's not a problem. The problem is that it's like, okay, we're going to focus on green energy at the expense of our own domestic supply. So we're not going to create the the dirty energy. we're just going to let other crunches create the dirty energy and then we're going to buy it from them. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's what we did. Essentially, we we're like, all right, pfft, cut it off. Keystone pipeline, not opening it. We're not going to make that happen. We're going to make it very difficult to explore for oil, to, uh, for shale oil and fracking. Um, we're not going to do that. And anything that we need to get from a petroleum standpoint, we're going to outsource it. Okay, fine. Great. So we saw that immediately. Prices went up immediately after Biden went into office. Um, Inflation had a lot to do with that, but it had had mostly to do with the fact that we're not doing anything domestically to ramp up our production. Whereas in the previous administration, we were the number one producer of of, uh, oil and gas in the world, in the world. Oh, wow, really? Yes. Over like Saudi Arabia? For a time. Yeah, I mean, they have more reserves. Right, but they're not. We were producing more. Gotcha, okay. So- If your goal is to transition to a green economy, to green energy, the infrastructure of your country to be green, it's a noble goal, something I can get behind. But when you completely cut the legs off of petroleum production or or gas and oil production in, in your country, and you outsource that in the name of green energy, well, then all you're doing is virtual signaling because you have done absolutely nothing to help anybody. Really what you, ideally what you would do is you would ramp up. And I know It sounds kind of contradictory, but here, stick with me. You would ramp up your oil and gas production to its fullest capacity so that everything is cheaper. So it's really, really cheap to buy gas. Okay. And then you transition that way. So it's like, we're not going to transition by making this hurt you. We're going to actually make this as easy to transition as possible, but that's not what we did. We said, no, we're actually going to make you feel the pain so that you have incentive to go a different direction. And that's fine until there's a global catastrophe. Yeah. Now you could say who the heck could have predicted Russia invading Ukraine right now? Well <laughs> we can get into that if you'd like, because we absolutely could have, because we caused a whole lot of the reason that they they went into Ukraine. But because those contingencies weren't in place, now that Russia has a firm grip on a giant amount of oil production in, in the globe. They handle a lot of it. Well, now we're at the mercy of that. And the result? Is seven dollars a uh, gallon of gas
1: in California? Yeah, and I wonder, man. Like, as, as I was, I keep watching the ruble fall. Like that thing's, f- like I think it's down forty percent through all this shit. And before it used to be like sixty rubles per dollar, and now it's it's like hundred and forty.
0: It's zero. You, you, it's worth nothing outside of Russia.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah, right, by design. Right.
0: That's by design. I mean, they did that.
1: So, like, how long? Like with all these sanctions that we're doing, shutting all the oil down, everything like that, the world's doing. Like, how long until? Putin do you think takes that like obviously we're not you know boots on the ground or you know like I, I saw U.S. shut down Poland from giving fighter jets to Ukraine but like how long until he takes the steps that everyone's taking globally against Russia to be like an act of aggression in, in its way where it's crumbling the Russian economy and everything at home side for them like how long until it gets bad enough that he says you know what fuck it we're gonna do something a lot more serious about this globally
0: well I think now that the, okay. So America's out of sanctions. We have nothing else to do. we right. cut off, we cut off oil supply. We're, we're, we're not subsidizing their oil supply. So we have no, we have nowhere else to hit them. Now, I don't think he gives a fuck about the ruble, about sanctions. I don't think that matters to him at all. No, because if it did, <laughs> then it would have stopped him. I mean, these are meant to be deterrents and I'm sure it's causing a lot of stress, <laughs> but it's not deterring him from, from achieving his goal. He's not stopped to doing what he's doing the way I see it. So long as he's got backing from, the Saudis, which he does. I don't know if you saw this and this may not listen. We heard these reports when Trump was in office and a lot of them turned out to be untrue, but um, there was a report out uh, a couple of days ago, I think from the Wall Street Journal that uh, the Saudis rejected a uh, request for a call from Biden and, and US while speaking to Putin in Russia, which is just so embarrassing on so many levels. Wow. you know, And, and we're, te- you know, supposedly that's our ally. As long as they have backing from them and from China, they're going to be fine. What the fuck do they care about not being able to deal with the, with the dollar? Okay. So I can't buy Apple phones. Can I buy Huawei phones? Fine. Right. Here you go, China. Here you go, China. So we, we think these are hurting Russians and they are, but it's it's basically just kind of like knocking them down and or knocking them on a different path. And so now their path is going to go straight through China and straight through other countries that they're able to deal with. Now, if for whatever reason, and this won't happen, but if China were to come out and denounce Russia and say, we're not going to deal with them, well then... There in a heap load of shit, and that's probably when you'll start to see a lot of these rumors actualize of coups or att- assassination attempts, or you know things where, where where people around Putin
1: really are gonna are gonna start saying, "Hey, you know this is fucked. We can't do this." That's what I was wondering, man, because it's like I don't know at all if he's well liked or anything in Russia, but it's like you're gonna continually really piss off every countryman you have and woman like the, that you have. Like at a point. If if their money's worth nothing outside of Russia, like I, or, or I don't I don't even know what life's like that right now, but like at a point, it's I would see, think there'd have to be a coup. It's increasingly he's increasingly unpopular.
0: Although yeah. it's a big country, and and he does have a firm grip on all of the power. So to the extent that he's unliked, what does it matter? And I think people underestimate how hard it actually would be to attempt to assassinate uh, Vladimir Putin, unless you got to like his bodyguard, right? Yeah, that, that would be the only way. I mean, it's they would think, think how hard it would be to assassinate the president of the United States. Oh, yeah. You know, there's not I mean, there's they take every measure possible. I, th- I think it would be it would be almost impossible to, to, to try
1: and do something like that. It's been done, but not anytime recently.
0: Right. Um, and, you know, you want to talk about a coup. Yeah, whatever. I mean, maybe. But then you're talking about the entire military establishment turning against the president. And then what? How many of those people are believers in what's going on? Obviously enough of them. And it seems like so it it looks like the the reports on the ground are that the capabilities of this military, as it was stated uh, before they went into Ukraine, was a little bit overstated. They, They kind of overestimated how well this would go. And they're starting to, like, mention the name of this one of this one general that is in charge of the military and, and making him a scapegoat for what's going on, uh, because they're not really doing very well. And it, all the reports suggest that while they're still very much a a mega military power compared to Ukraine, their logistics are not great. And there's a lot of reports on the ground about morale, about the the, the way that these troops are kind of like have been lied to about why they're there why they're in Ukraine, why they're fighting, why they're killing people. Uh, I think it was a a, a Napoleon quote where he said, morale is to victory as three is to one. Meaning like morale is like a three to one advantage Mm -hmm. if you have it in military battle. So imagine you're Russia, you're, you're Russian troops. You've been sent to the to the front lines of Ukraine, been told you're there for some operations, some uh, exercises. And then all of a sudden you're told to go kill Ukrainians. And a lot of these people have ties to them. They, they have family members, friends, what have you. And they're like, well, what the fuck? I, did, I, I didn't sign up for this. This is not what I wanted. This is not what I was told to do. And I don't even know why I'm doing it. So, you know, I don't think you can... I don't think you can understate that aspect of this war enough. Logistically, they're not very well organized. You keep, I don't know if you keep seeing these pictures of that 40 mile convoy, um, but all you got to do is take out the head of that and, now you've got this big log jam it doesn't matter how close you are to the center of, uh, of Kyiv if your 40 mile long convoy stops at the front well then you're fucked I mean you're sitting ducks basically yeah. so lo- logistically th- it hasn't been planned out very well
1: and I gotta think like once they're in Kyiv and in uh, these other cities Ukrainians gotta be using like similar to like the Revolutionary War like a guerrilla warfare kind of thing where they're fighting in, in buildings and not fighting like as, as normal as pl- people norm- right. like would and they know the terrain and landscape way more so they can use that to their advantage when you know fighting back so it's probably a clusterfuck
0: and and so like let's say they go in they capture the government they capture the head of of the government the president and his cabinet and everybody that's in in leadership and they execute them let's just say that's what they do or they capture them and they try them for war crimes or whatever now they have to keep what they've got and that is another how many year war right like maybe undeclared but it, 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 it it might be easy to get in there and get that government. But to keep it, I mean, it's a whole, it's occupation. It's a whole other thing. Now, Putin's come out and said he doesn't want to occupy uh, Ukraine. He's also come out and said that he wasn't, he was going to allow for some uh, evacuations. And then he, you know, bombs hospitals with mothers and child and children and babies. So, you know, you can't take him at his word as all. Well. And that's, that's another thing. I don't know why the fuck we keep taking this guy at his word and, and why we keep, think, we keep like agreeing with what he's saying. Like he's obviously not allowing for any evacuations. He's, he's bombing these strategic locations where people are fleeing from after saying there's going to be a ceasefire. Uh, so I don't know. So to me, it's time we, we really stop taking this guy at, at his word if we do what's necessary. But that's also a very thin line to walk, right? There's a lot of there's a lot of hawks out there, There's a lot of people parroting, a lot of shit. We should we should uh, create a no fly zone. We need to supply them with more uh planes. How come we're not doing this, that, and the other? Yeah, that all sounds good. Are you gonna fight that war? Right. Because this guy's told us exactly what he's capable of and what his what he will do if certain steps are taken. So we take these steps and we make that happen and we don't and we call it his bluff, you're gonna fight that war?
1: I mean, if he nukes a a u.s city i think that kind of changes it a lot but yeah if not you have like a vietnam situation where it's like why the fuck are we here
0: yeah but that's what i'm saying all these people who are who are you know shouting at the rooftops for escalating this more or you know yeah right using using the people and, and government of ukraine to say that we need to be more involved and that we need to protect them and that they need our help and this that and the other yeah that's all true what they're doing over there ukrainians honorable valiant respect the fuck out of them. But that doesn't mean that that's us. And and that doesn't mean that that our escalation is warranted because if we know what will happen because of our escalation and it happens, what the fuck? Right. It could have all been avoided. Yeah. And that's what I'm afraid of. And, you know, my position is not it's not a position at all. It's it's very much just anti-war. I don't want to go to war. That's not what I want for America. And if that means that Ukraine is suffering because of it, then that is quite unfortunate. But I I said it before, and, and we can go into this a little bit. We are largely responsible for the mess in Ukraine right now. Largely responsible. The United States is. How so? Okay. I have to take you all the way back to when the Soviet Union fell. Real quick, when the Soviet Union fell, there was a bunch of Soviet Union states around Russia that became independent. Okay. They gained their independence and Ukraine was a very big strategic country in that respect because there there was always an interest from the U S to be involved in Ukraine because of its proximity to Russia. Right. So we, we thought that we, we, if we could be in Ukraine and they can be friendly to us, then it would be better for us than if they were friendly to Russia. Exactly. Yeah. What we did is we said okay you guys have nuclear armament and we want you to uh uh give up your nuclear weapons and in exchange for giving up your nuclear weapons we are going to provide you protection from Russia but from everybody we're going to be your friends and they said stupidly okay fine so that's what they did in the hopes that they would be that they would be joining the uh, uh joining NATO the North Atlantic uh, Treaty Organization and that never happened. And they've always been saying that they wanted to join NATO. And that never happened. It was always a tricky thing for them to join NATO because that meant that NATO was then at the doorstep of Russia. Now, ever since Putin has been in, 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 uh, in charge in Russia, which has been since 2000, 99, 2000, he's said very clearly, he has minced no words about it, that Ukraine cannot join NATO. They absolutely cannot join NATO. Because if they join NATO, that means NATO and all of their forces are at Russia's front door. And Russia will not stand for that. We will look at that as a provocation and as a threat to our national security, which is fair. So what do we do? We use soft power, color revolutions. 2014, we talked about this last time. There was a topple of the government in Ukraine. The head of that government was a pro-Russia president who was friendly to Putin. We organized a revolution in Ukraine to topple that government. And in the place of whoever the previous president was, was then Vladimir Zelensky, who is a pro-Western president. Okay? This tug of war in Ukraine has been going on ever since they gave up their nuclear armaments in, in the mid nineties. And so now they have a pro Western president in Ukraine and Putin's like, okay, I see my opportunity. Boom. Snatches Crimea. And he snatches Crimea because it's, it's a very strategic naval uh, uh, port for Russia. Snatches Crimea. Boom. Got it. And then there's echoes again about Ukraine joining NATO or Ukraine joining the EU. Or you can't join any of these other organizations. And look, as a sovereign nation, you should probably be able to do whatever you want and join whatever organization you want, sign whatever treaties you want. Um, I, I, I'm on board with that. But when your neighbor is Russia and they've said to you time and time again that any, any movement in that direction, any movement eastward of NATO will be seen as a provocation by NATO towards Russia. And, and it's like clear as day, it's been said, hey, this is how we fucking see this move. If you're doing this, this is how we see it. We can't see it any other way. Yeah, bring all of your forces to our front door. We're cool with that. No, they're not cool with that. Mm-hmm. So this power struggle inside Ukraine had been going on and we've been prodding and poking and prodding and poking and using Ukraine as this fucking puppet state like we like to do all over the world, using them as our, as our, little, as our little puppets so that we can get in between um, them and Russia. And Ukraine decided that they were going to cozy up to the West. That was their choice. And it seems to have been a bad choice because now they're in a conflict that we will not get involved in outside of providing aid and arms or whatever. They're invaded. And basically, it's like kind of like checkmate because Boone's like, what's your next move? Because your next move, if it means you're going to get involved in this conflict, that means now the entirety
1: of NATO is involved in this conflict. Is that what you want? How is money and aid like that not seen as us getting involved? Like how are sanctions? okay, but troops on the ground aren't. I, I don't get that. We are aiding them. You know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah, I know for sure. And, and I don't know, man, that's just, I, that's just kind of how geopolitics works. Yeah, if, yeah. if you're, if you're, you know, so, so, so now because of that, I mean, it's not secret. So, so now the U S is, is seen as a hostile to Russia, right? Mm-hmm. So that's just another escalation in this process. While it's not direct conflict, it is indirect conflict and there, you know, we're all aiding Ukraine as much as we can without boots on the ground. That is the line that's been drawn in the sand, basically. Right. That is where legally the contracts end, right? There's nothing that says if this sovereign country provides aid to this other sovereign country, that is a provocation of war. And we're going to, you know, yeah. that's just not, that's just not how it works. But if we were to say, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to put American ships uh, in, in the, in the black sea, and we're going to put American uh, jets in Ukraine. Well, then that, that is that, you know, you, we've crossed that bridge, but, but I, I, you know, I think it's really important for us to remember that we did a lot of what's going on. there. We are responsible for a lot of that provocation. Now, this isn't a a justification for the invasion of Ukraine. I mean, it's far from it, but it's not like we weren't told what, what their goals and ambitions were. It was very clearly stated to us. And we just kept inching forward and inching forward and inching forward. And, uh, and so now, you know, the Ukraine is seized and we have a lot of people talking shit. A lot of people saying that we need to do more. A lot of people, uh, saying that we need to, um, to get more involved. And it's like,
1: why, why is that? Why is that what we need to do? I'm so curious when all this is over, regardless of what happens. But like, let's just say Russia, they win. They take over Ukraine and and it's theirs now. They've occupied it, they've conquered it, whatever you want to say. At what point does America say, okay, we'll start taking your oil again. Okay, we'll, you know, McDonald's will all open again. Starbucks will all open again. Apple will start selling shit again. Like, at what point do we like, kind of look like the assholes and just accept the loss and that we really didn't do that much if that's what happens like have we like really fucked up our relationship with Russia and and it kind of is what it is now
0: well and and, and it's, it's that's such another fascinating aspect about this because private companies are now acting like sovereign nations yeah true and it's wild man it's so crazy to see because it's not that they're at the direction of the west or the u.s government but for somebody made a funny meme the other day they were like they were like wow uh mcdonald was a mcdonald's somebody else and tiktok are now banned in in russia it's not sounding so bad (laughs) (laughs) but but i mean for for these companies to act in this way it's so bizarre because now it's like all right well they've they've acted outside of, of, of a, of a country, right? It's not the country's in It's these different companies. And if they can do this for them, who can they do it for whenever? And why is it them? You know, just Google Yemen and our involvement in Yemen. Mm. It's a hideous war in Yemen right now. Terrible airstrikes all the time. Nobody's saying anything. Now there'll, there'll be some that'll tell you, uh, that's because there's white people involved in Ukraine and, uh, dark people involved in Yemen. And so we don't care. And I will ask what looks a lot more like the suburbs of Chicago. Is it Yemen or is it Kiev? Yeah, right. Keith. It hits harder because it looks like where we live, and it's also the Western, you know, the Western part of the world. These are these are established countries, and it could be anybody. And so I think that's why more people are gravitating towards that. But but to your point about these companies, man, it's so insane to see Visa, Mastercard, uh, uh, Starbucks, McDonald's, Apple, everybody. Yeah. We're, we're pulling out of Russia. Well, shit. Okay. And like you said, yeah. And, and then, then when does it become acceptable to go back in?
1: And especially like from the U.S.'s standpoint, like I, I guess, yeah, with those companies, but whatever, like I don't care. But I guess like as far as the U.S.-Russian relationship now, like it wasn't great, but it's way worse now for sure. Yeah. So like, I, I don't know. I don't, do we swallow? Is there a time when we swallow our pride and say like, okay, we'll take your oil again. And they're going to be like, nah, fuck you. We don't want to give you our oil. And then this gas thing is a permanent thing forever. And we're going to be paying 10 bucks a gallon for always. Also, I'll I'll have everybody know that the Ukrainian military
0: has an official, official Nazi presence. Oh, this is not a secret. Damn. Now, what's hilarious about that is that you give me anybody with a Ukrainian flag in their Twitter bio or anybody who's willing to go out in public and wear a Ukrainian shirt or wave a Ukrainian flag, I guarantee you that they were pro-vaccine mandate and the most likely person to call another person a Nazi for the slightest provocation. Yet, yet, the country that we're supporting now, the country that we're all rallying behind, has an official Nazi presence in their military. Oh, also that military is funded and trained by the CIA. Why don't we know any of this? Why isn't this... why isn't this the information that everybody is privy to? Yeah. So, 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 literally, if, if you're putting it in your bio that you're supporting Ukraine, you are also de facto supporting Nazis, legitimately supporting Nazis. I don't like that word and I don't like to throw it around. It is clear as day, not a secret, it's very easy to find. But why don't we know about that? All right. To me, it's interesting. Also, here's another interesting fact about Ukraine Nancy Pelosi's son, Mitt Romney's son, John Kerry's son, and Joe Biden son, have all have or had positions on the boards of Ukrainian energy companies. What the fuck do these people know about Ukrainian energy?
1: That's what Biden's, Hunter Biden got in a bunch of shit for, right? Yep. With, with Trump was trying to get them to release why he got paid a million dollars for doing nothing. 50 million. Oh, 50 million. Holy fuck. Five zero. Oh, wow. Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, Mitt Romney, Senator, former
0: uh, President of the Candidate, John Kerry, former Vice President, and Joe Biden, obviously President all of their all of their children have or had seats on boards of ukrainian energy companies why hmm. very suspicious quite wow did not know that so I don't know, man. I'm not saying nothing. I'm not saying Russia's doing the right thing. Obviously they're not. It, everything that they're doing, every step that they take is more evil than the next, and they should be condemned. And if there is a just God, then Putin will stand trial for war crimes and be hung in the Hague. I don't see that happening, but that, that's what's going on. But I, 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 I find it very interesting that we've completely forgotten about COVID. We've pivoted so far into this other realm where we're... Digging our, our feet in and, and 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 rallying support around everybody uh, in, in Ukraine, which is fine. But think about that. Take that like one or two steps forward. If we have total support for Ukraine and 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 providing assistance for them to defeat Russia, think about what that means. It means we are being groomed and trained to be pro-war. That is exactly what it means. It means nothing else. And I am saying no, no war. There is nothing that will justify us. Sending any American to fight for in Ukraine or Russia, it means nothing to us. And it should mean nothing to us when, it, when the stakes are this high, especially when there are nuclear warheads pointed towards the West. So I think just a little bit before you... Join this giant rally call around what this what this uh, mission is because your voice matters and you're chirping and you're tweeting and you're sending messages out that matters because it it forms a collective and once that ball starts rolling it's kind of hard to stop it.
1: I did see an interview with Trump and he was saying that if he was in office that this wouldn't happen and that it could just be him talking shit. But like, do you think is there any truth to that? Because he had a pretty good relationship with Putin. Like, do you do you think that that could have played a factor at all?
0: I think that there is a very large amount of truth to that. Yeah. And if, if for no other reason than that, Trump was a wild card, mm-hmm. there's the reason that a lot of people in America didn't like him is because they t- they couldn't predict it. They didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. They didn't know what he was going to say. And so in one respect, that's scary because yeah, he has his finger on the, on the button. On the other hand, it's hard for us to, to, to see what geopolitics looks like and how it works. If you have a man who project who projects strength and an America first position and is saying, we will take no shit from anybody. And, and our main focus is us try it. All right. Well, that's a much, that's a much different message than, well, we may not do anything for a minor incursion on Ukraine, but you remember when Biden said that?
1: There's no way he said it that clearly.
0: Yeah, no, there was a lot of stutterings and ums in the middle of that. But yeah, I mean, absolutely. So long as Trump is president, I, I doubt this happens. And and the response is, is much stronger than 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 what we've seen, than pussy footing around it's far more direct
1: and we probably would have more oil reserves and shit like that to tap into so that we don't see as drastic of or as instant of an effect as we do now at the pumps which then will go and affect food prices like if if it costs i saw a video and this dude was in kentucky filled up for like 550 a gallon truck holds 200 gallons it was over a thousand dollars to fill it up he said it's double at least what it usually was he's like you don't think this is going to affect your food prices the thing that i'm transporting across the country for you yeah fucking right you know and that's what's next, Yeah,
0: man. We we think we think of oil as like me filling up at the pump, which is a big deal, but it runs everything. Yeah. It runs everything. And, and, and you make a great point. If environmentalists don't run this country, Putin absolutely does not invade Ukraine because he doesn't hold the cards. He doesn't have the leverage. We gave him the leverage yeah. on a silver. We're paying him for that leverage. It's fucking insane, man. Yeah. So look, say what you want. Feel how you want about Trump, Putin all the rest of it. What you have to understand is that your, your feelings about these little things specifically, the, 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 the minor things that, uh, that, that you feel are, are the most important, uh, in America that are based on feeling that matters to nobody on a geopolitical stage. These people are in a theater. Okay. It's a theater. They call it a theater and it's for a reason because they're actors and they're acting, and so the things that you project on the world stage matter when you project American strength and you project America first and you project that we're going to do everything we can to shore up ourselves and make sure we're tight before anybody else. It makes it a whole lot harder for people to try and fuck with you. Yeah. And that is what's been projected before by And then Biden gets into office. Not, not only is he a weak person, and it does he project weakness just by being, but the policies and, 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 and the administration project total weakness by giving up all the leverage America has in the name of environmentalism, green energy, whatever. Yeah. That all sounds great until somebody wants to go and invade a, a, a sovereign country. And then what, and then what I saw on CNN that people are, are, are more, are, are definitely willing to pay a little bit more of the price. Uh, if it means that uh, you, you Ukraine uh, enjoys freedom, fuck you. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not one person who's filling up for $7 a gallon. is like, yeah, well, you know, this is for Ukraine. Fuck that. That's not <laughs> happening. I'm sorry. And you could, yeah, it's just that that
1: is not how it works. Mm-hmm. It's just not how it works. It's scary, man. It's definitely scary. Let's talk about something else. So we got a little bit of time left before we get out of here. What else is going on? There's that bill in Florida. If you want to touch on that a little
0: bit, we haven't touched on that at all. Yeah, touch me to the bill. There's a bill. Parental Rights and Education is the name of the bill in Florida. Okay. It has been dubbed the Don't Say Gay Bill. And this is just classic. It's just so friggin' ugh, like, you can tee it up better. It's just everything that America's been for the past, like, five or six years just regurgitated. I don't know who called it that, the Don't Say Gay Bill. But it doesn't once in the bill say you can't say the word gay. It does say that parents have the right to know what's going on with their children at school. Okay. I'll get into that a little bit. That's the main thing about the whole bill is that administrators and teachers cannot keep from parents what their children are telling them. Okay. And then this is where that don't say gay part comes in or what people think it says. It says that you, we cannot teach sex education or gender or anything like that to children grades pre-K through third grade. So we're talking about four, five, six, and seven, eight years. old. Okay. Saying we don't want any of this shit taught to any of our kids at all ever during this time. So if you're a gay teacher and you're teaching second graders, we would prefer it that you just teach second graders and you leave gay out in so many words. Okay. Or whatever you're, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's basically what they're saying. So everybody on the left is saying, well, this, this is bigotry. This is not allowing for students to express themselves and be who they are and this, that, and the other. And to my, my question to anybody who's against this bill is why do you want to teach sex to eight-year-olds or younger? What is your, what is your motive there? What is the prerogative? Please explain to me why this is hurtful to an uh, eight-year-old. And I'll listen. But I, to, in my mind, there's absolutely nothing about this that's like bigoted or nobody's saying you can't say gay. It, and, and it's just, it's caught wildfire and everybody's, everybody's acting like it's just, you know, we're, we're reverting back to like the 18th century and that we're going to start locking people up and, and, and making pariahs of, of queer folks. And, and it's nothing, nothing of the sort. It's, it's, it's absolutely asinine. And there was a group that came out uh, against this saying that it was going to lead to the harm and potential suicide of LGBTQ youth. Um, first of all, what is LGBTQ youth in the respect of of pre-K through third grade? Secondly, the irony would be so sweet about that statement if it wasn't talking about actual potential suicides. So the irony is actually quite bitter because it is talking about actual potential suicides. The only reason that this bill was introduced to the Florida Senate in the first place is because there was a girl who was talking to her, her teachers about gender and she was confused. And these teachers were talking to her about Gender. And they made the very conscious decision to not tell her parents. And the reason that they said they didn't tell the parents is because her parents are Catholic and they didn't think that it would go over well at home. So they didn't even give the fucking parents a chance. The girl uh, attempted suicide on school grounds. Hmm. Parents had no fucking idea. Wow. And so they said, okay, we have to do something about this. And that is how this bill got introduced. It doesn't, it doesn't help the case of, of anybody, particularly if you're, if you're in the left camp, and you're very sympathetic to, to, uh, to gay rights, because all this is going to do is take people like me. And I mean, so you speak for yourself. I, I don't want to group you into this, but, but people like me who can look at this objectively and actually read the bill, which was seven pages long, was very short, tells you everything you need to know and read it and say, Oh, there's nothing in here. That's egregious. Also the people who are against this vehemently are, are, are making a conscious decision to support the, the, the perversion of very small children. Why is that? Why is that the case? It doesn't make me sympathetic to, to any, to, to any, of uh, 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 those policies at all. I, I don't want, I, I don't think there's any room for this for children at all. And if there is, it's definitely not in fucking school. It's yeah. with you, this is your kids. So to me, this is, here's, here's how I, the only way that I could read this because of the movement and the, and the, just the stance against it. so gosh darn strong. Only way I could read this is that these people don't trust your children with you and they want your children. They want to teach them and groom them and make them into their image because they don't want, they don't want you to do that. They don't trust you to do that. Obviously, the reason this bill was introduced in the first place is because teachers and administration didn't trust the parents of a child because of their religious affiliation. Holy shit. Flip that around. You're looking for a babysitter. Imagine you chose not to to uh, have a babysitter because they were gay. That is blatant discrimination. Mm-hmm. Why is it any different if you choose to, to withhold information from a child's parent in the name of protecting them because you don't trust the parent to do th- the right thing? That's not your fucking kid. Fuck you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On the surface, it seems tough, but I don't think think it's that hard of a decision. I don't even think it's that hard of a bill. Like the, the verbatim from the bill is classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards.
0: Why do we even need to say that? Why does
1: it even need to be a law? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Like your your kid is at such like a malleable, impressionable age, then you, you don't know what, what that could lead to or, or whatnot. And if you do want to teach your kid about that, which I, maybe isn't that bad of a thing to do or whatever, but I think that should come from you, not from... You know, whoever it is at a school, like that, wants to send whatever message they want to send to whoever. To me, that's that's what I think. And but I do think that like it should be more of a normal thing. That's introducing curriculums later in school like i don't think it was ever talked about at all when i was in school i went to a private catholic grade school and high school but like i do think it should be more of a normalized thing once they're at that sexual education level of you know sixth seventh grade whatever it is in states but like i don't think it should necessarily be shunned at that point because it's not like this thing to be grossed out by or disgusting and like you know the, the only thing I worry about is like if this thing passes and OK, now we have third grade, like do the Republicans in Florida try to push that to never through high school or, or whatever, you know, like do they do they, yeah. you know, take get an inch and then keep pushing for more and more and more to right. like make right. it an anti-gay thing? Because like R- traditionally Republicans kind of are. Anti-gay,
0: yeah, golly, man, and I just I, I hate to see this th- this being uh, fleshed out in the schools and and having the schools be a, a battleground for this. It's fucking yeah, they're gonna just their asses not suit off. correct. It's not correct. Where are the parents at? And that's see, yeah. that's my whole problem with this is like because there's legislation aimed very specifically towards towards the schools towards these very specific things at schools and the schools are the battlegrounds that means that nobody really has the best intention for children they just want control yeah right that's i mean that's what it comes down to they just want control and to me the control is not with the school at all it should absolutely be with the parents and 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 our education system is so fucked right now it's like why our focus and 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 our energy isn't put towards making sure that everybody knows just the very basics to begin with like let's get there if everybody is so well read that we have the luxury of fighting about these issues at school well then that's a good thing but that's not where
1: we're at, man. We're fighting about these things in the midst of our school system deteriorating. Question, so like under this law, like you could say, oh yeah, my mommy and daddy, but you couldn't say like my daddy and daddy, like they would be sued? I don't think it's trying to uh,
0: legislate language. I just think it's trying to... um like remove the inclination for teachers to get involved in that subject which is should, like should always be the case right like you should always defer to the parents like like somebody asks a question about a gay parent or a straight parent or this that and the other or your your partner or this was like well i don't think that's a uh, appropriate uh, conversation for for you this to ask uh, your parents yeah ask your parents that's how easy it is and that's how easy it used to be i mean I remember being in high school and we would always like try, we'd always try and get information out of our teachers about like their, um, You know about like their husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends, and they wouldn't tell us. Obviously, why would they tell us? It has nothing to do with us. It's none of our business, and it has nothing to do with our schooling. But like, I I could see now there being like an entire classroom period dedicated to like somebody telling them about why they're gay and 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 this, which is fine. It's not a big deal. But it's like, why is it? Why is it such a focus in our schools?
1: Yeah, the only problem I would have though is if like a kid who maybe had two dads or two moms, or you know, if like a teacher who was gay, they shouldn't have to like hide their partner in their normal language when they're talking to the kids. They don't need to instruct them on what being gay is and and blah, 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 blah. But like, you know, you can deflect with the ask your parents, but like they shouldn't have to hide that they're gay or a kid shouldn't have to feel ashamed that their parents are gay just because of this law would be the only thing I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I can see how some people might take that the wrong way and take it in a way that's offensive to them. And, you know, I, I I would say... Th- that it sucks i just think that in in the spirit of brevity of this subject particularly when it comes to very small children it's fine with me man yeah. <laughs> just don't like just don't talk about any of that shit I, I don't think
1: kid. that's what this bill's saying though i, no, I don't right, i don't think right. that's what it said right. but that would be my that would be my personal only problem with it because like a kid feeling ashamed of his parents in second grade like that's not good for a kid's psyche either and like he has no control over if his mom or dad are gay or what i got i don't know like you just don't want to like make it a shameful thing necessarily because i don't think it's shameful but i don't think it should be like taught i think if anything you should be introducing it to your kids it shouldn't be in some curriculum. So I, I don't know. That's tough. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And like a kid comes, like I have two mommies, and another kid's like, "Oh, why do you have two mommies?" Uh, I could see this teacher being like, "All right, do I nip this in the bud now? Like, do I just right. say it, or you know, am I going to offend people, or you know, just hey, ask your parents."
1: Yeah, I ask feel your like parents that's the, about. It. Yeah.
0: Just say, hey, you know, a kid at school has two mommies. Ask your ask your parents about it and see what they say, and then come back tomorrow and tell me, you know, tell me what you think. You know, it's I don't know. I just I I, I get the I get the, the reasoning and, and the 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 effort to not allow for teachers and administration at schools to become that source of information for their children. Yeah, I would be offended if my kid came home and was like, "Hey, mom, I learned." all about gay parents and trans kids today when I had never had that conversation with my kid in my life. Like, why, why are you learning that? What do you know about it? What do they tell, you know, like you, you want to know, you want these things, you know? So I don't know,
1: man, there's something I do know. Tell me that's that drinking a good, smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when you can help American heroes, it is that much better. Our sponsor, Gun Barrel Coffee, is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our country. They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean ground or single serve pods. And right now, as a friend of our ship, you can use the promo code FNH10. You'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at GunBarrelCoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause.
0: Yep. GumbearCoffee.com. Really, really good stuff. Great coffee. Uh, any way you drink it, uh, they have it for you and it's good cause. Go see them, buy a coffee, save money. Um, you can hit us any way you'd like. We're on uh, Twitter at FriendshipNH. We're on Instagram and TikTok, both handles FriendshipNewsHour. And you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Peace out. See you next time.